second chances can fuel talent pipelines. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Listeners, if this episode doesn't tug on your heartstrings for one reason or 10, I will be surprised. I met Michelle Sirocco in the past year, and from the first meeting, I was highly engaged in her story and the cause she works to impact every day. And I didn't know nearly what I found out on this episode. We get pretty deep into the story, and I'm even more convicted than ever. Get ready for an amazing story and a huge cause, and I promise you're going to hear much more about this as one of the first of many steps we're taking to help me move people forward together with Michelle Televerdi and the Televerdi Foundation. All right, we're starting this episode differently than most Gut Plus Science episodes because of the powerful story that started my guest journey to this discussion. Michelle, tell us about your journey to executive director and president of the Televerdi Foundation as it is very impactful to our conversation today, rooted in second chances fuel talent pipelines. Michelle, take it away. Awesome. Thank you, Nikki. It's a pleasure to be here. I, you know, to tell the story of, of the journey, it has to start with telling the story of Televerdi, which is a for-profit business that I have worked for for almost 23 years. I'm currently, in addition to being the executive director and president for the Televerdi Foundation, I'm also the chief social responsibility officer or chief impact officer for Televerdi. And Televerdi is a really unique business that was founded almost 30 years ago. But it's a business-to-business sales and marketing company that some of the biggest and brightest technology companies in the world outsource their lead generation, inside sales, and, and technical support services too. And it's unique in the fact that the company was founded almost 30 years ago based on the idea that providing women in prison with jobs, training, and education while they were incarcerated, that they could build a profitable business while providing the women with the opportunity to develop marketable skills that would enable them to transition back into the community successfully into meaningful and rewarding careers that would help them take care of themselves and their kids. And it was unique in the fact that if you think about the idea of a socially responsible business in 1994, 1995, it's not something that people were talking about. There wasn't this idea about purpose in business or corporate social responsibility. Um, it was a, an idea that was driven by a couple men who had first a, a passion for wanting to help incarcerated women and another man who had a passion for technology and a belief that the technology industry was going to be growing and booming. And, and if he could build a profitable technology business, it would help these women to develop skills that would enable them to come into an industry that would help them become not just financially independent, but financially successful and have a really rewarding career in a booming industry. And so it was a crazy idea. And here we are almost 30 years later, and we have had over 4,000 women who have gone through the program. We have engagement centers, uh, seven engagement centers located in Arizona, Indiana, and Florida, currently employing about 400 incarcerated women in sales, marketing, account management, technical administration jobs. 
learning skills and earning money while they're incarcerated and then transitioning back into the community to go work for some of these great technology companies that have been our customers for all of these years. And it's amazing in that it's something that not only does good for the business, but also does good for the women and for their families. So as I said, we've had over 4,000 women who've gone through the program over the years and transitioned back into the community and realized great results. And it's just exciting to watch how the women are able to come back into the community and join and go work for companies like Cisco or Adobe or SAP after having been incarcerated and to realize their own personal best um, while joining and succeeding in the global workforce. Every time I hear the story or illustrations or numbers about what Televerdi is doing, I get chills. So I know we're on audio only, but I wish that we were on video sometimes. I'm just like, I just get chills by the impact of what this organization does. And we haven't even gotten to the place of like hearing your story with how you got here or the stats of why, why Televerdi focuses on helping this cause. The stats will blow your mind and we're about to get there. But tell us about how you got connected. So 23 years ago, how were you connected into Televerdi? Yeah, so when I was significantly younger than I am today. I got incredibly good at making really bad decisions and with like a, a deep desire for much more in the world than what my my lot was going to allow. And a, I always say a misguided entrepreneurial spirit, my life started to look a little bit like an episode of Breaking Bad. Actually, a lot like an episode of Breaking Bad. And I found myself in a place where so many other people in this country have found themselves and that's standing in front of the judge and hearing the words that changed my life forever. When I was told that he was giving me the maximum sentence of seven years in the Arizona state prison. And so it was a point in my life when I had never met anyone who'd been to prison. I didn't know anything about it. And I had two small children and realized in that moment that my life was changing forever. And so when I got to prison, I had a really great counselor who told me that, gave me the single best piece of advice anybody ever gave me. He told me, he said, you know, Michelle, you can spend your time worrying about how to fit in in this community or and how to be part of the in crowd, if you were, or you can use this time to turn your life around and become the best version of yourself. And so that was the first time I'd ever even like, thought in that concept of I didn't have to fit in and I could be better than what I was in that moment. And so that became my journey. And and that's about the time that I heard about this thing called Televerdi. And I didn't really know what Televerdi does, but rumor had it that if you could get a job there while you were incarcerated, that you could get a job at their corporate office when I when you got out. And the one thing that I knew was that I needed to have a job when I got out. I had lost custody of my children. And more than anything in the world, I wanted those boys back in my life. But I also knew that I had a scarlet letter, right? I call it the big red F for felon. And that I had never really had much of a job in my life. I mean, I was a bartender and I was a really great bartender. Like, and I loved bartending. Like, don't get me wrong. But the last thing in the world I wanted to do was grow up and be a 40-year-old bartender. Like, that's just not fun, right? Like, that's just not a good look for anyone. And so I realized that, hey, this company. If I could get a job there, I could get a job at their corporate office. It's in Phoenix. That's where my kids are. And so that became kind of my mission to, to get my education and 
work on all the things I needed to work on, but get to this place to get this job. And so I did 23 years ago, I got a job there. And when I got there, I found out that what they did. And I was like, Hey, I'm pretty good at this. Like selling is comes natural. It's been what it's what got me in trouble, right? <laughs> like this kind of sales and desire to have more. And so, yeah, that's what began my career with the company. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know the date that we're recording today is a big date in your life that I'd love for you to just speak into for a minute. Yeah. So today is marks a 20 years ago today, I was released from prison. And it's so amazing to think, first of all, that 20 years have gone by. But my morning started with kind of reliving that that first day and what it was like to get out and that experience and you know walking out of the gate and my children my boys who were no longer little boys but they were older boys waiting for me and my ex-husband and my whole family and all the things that have transpired since then up to and including we went that weekend where and went to the courthouse where we got remarried and we became a family again so we often this weekend will represent what we call our family anniversary, um, and it's when our whole family became whole again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, life is good, you know. And sometimes it's important to take that time and reflect on on our own journeys. Like everybody has a journey that has led you to where you are today, and. For most people, that journey is filled with ups and downs and adversities and people who have come in and out of your lives that that have made huge differences. And I think days like today for me are days that to take that time to reflect and and embrace and, and respect the journey for what it is and all the people who have been on that journey for you. And so for me, my journey has taken me, I've said this before, to a place where my life is better today than I ever imagined it could be, even when I was a little girl playing with Barbie dolls and fairy tales. Like I never imagined that a life like what I've I have today it would be possible. And I liken that, you know, I, I give acknowledgement for that to the opportunity that this organization, Televerdi, provided for me while I was incarcerated. And that's the beauty of what that organization is all about. So for the 4,000 women who've had that opportunity and had similar experiences is what's led to where we are with the Televerdi Foundation today. Yeah, which I really want to dig in on that because uh, People Forward Network and Got Plus Science and all of the shows have opportunity to really help this cause and also help business. And there's just so much intersection of goodness in this podcast starting a partnership that I know is going to impact so many in this community. And I just, I can feel it. I have woken up in the middle of the night since I've met you. I've never cried on this podcast until this one, and I've done a lot of them. So there's just something really, really amazing here. And I know that our focus today on this uh, this episode is about second chances, fueling talent pipelines. And I just want to stop for a second and say, you know, I know that this is maybe off script with the key takeaway that we're making, we're striving to make with the episode, but the power of standing boldly in the story that you get to experience on this earth is crazy when you really embrace standing tall and standing boldly in it. 
because we all go through stuff. We all have like the letter of like, whether it's me and my divorce journey, which has been always so hard to say out loud and stand boldly in. But my opportunity to connect with so many people that I would have never connected with because I have shared that out loud and been able to be a help to them, right? And that's what you've done now your whole life. Like that is has been your life. Like this situation paved the way for you to then stand boldly, which a lot of people don't choose to do, and then create initiative that changes 4,000 plus women's lives. I mean, like, wow. So going through stuff, you know, you can't go around it, can't go over it, can't whatever, you got to go through it and it sucks. And then on the other side, there's just like this beautiful opportunity if we embrace it. So that's that side of the soapbox. <laughs> now, yeah. yeah. So actually, so we're going off script. Let me speak into that a little bit because this is an important part of the story. I did not own my story beautifully for many, many, many years. I was told in business, don't share your story, right? It will erode your credibility. So it was... 15 years after getting out, it was still my shame. I didn't speak publicly about it. The first time I really spoke publicly about my story was in 2018. And, and, you know, if you knew me, if you worked with me directly at Televerti, you know, if you knew me closely, you knew that, but in business and in the workplace, my story was my shame. And what happened when I was asked to take on the role of chief responsibility officer for Televerti, it was a job I didn't want, I, to be honest, but I was asked to go out and really raise awareness for the work that we do and to become kind of a subject matter expert in the area of you know, purpose-driven business, corporate social responsibility, criminal justice reform, kind of become raise awareness in that space for how businesses could get involved in making a difference in the world by working with tel- companies like Televerti or doing something similar to Televerti. And went out on this journey and trying to figure out how to make that happen. And I first started to share my story in little tiny increments with people and and the way that they reacted to it, I suddenly realized that, wait a second, maybe this isn't something to be shameful of. And so the first time I took a stage, the first time I really shared it publicly, I took a stage, an event with an audience of 750 people and shared my story. And that afternoon, it was a conference that evening. And the next day, the number of people that came up to me and said, thank you, this could be me, this, your story, my mother, my father, my brother, my, you know, and then that trend continued. The next time I took, you know, a couple of weeks later at a women's leadership conference, a woman came up to me and she was seven months pregnant with her husband. And she said to me, she said, you know, Michelle, you could be my mother. She said, I grew up my mother was in and out of prison. And she said, and I've never shared that with anybody, even my husband until just now. Wow. And in that specific moment that I realized that the more that I owned my own truth and I shared my story, I could allow other people to own their truth and also help to erase the stigma of incarceration and everything that goes with it. And so I think that's one of the really important reasons to acknowledge and embrace our journeys and and share our journeys with others because it helps other people to get through their own because you can't go around it. You can't go over it. Right. So, yeah, totally. Gosh, yes, yes, yes. I, yes, (laughs) that is such that 
embracing that understanding because everybody has something, right? Or two things or whatever, right? We all have our thing. Embracing that is such power. And I already thought, I'm like, man, second chances fuel talent pipelines. And that has power. But I will say if every individual on this planet were to own their truth and embrace what that is to help other people on the journey, it's like that is world changing. And so is the rest of what we're going to talk about. But we're going to transition here and talk about why your mindset or not why, but tell us your mindset on corporate social responsibility or business as a source for good. Just kind of share with us how you think about that and why that has become so important to you. Yeah. So kind of holistically at a high level, I mean, I fundamentally just believe that businesses have to take responsibility for helping to solve the problems in the world today. Right, that there we can no longer rely on nonprofits and governments to fix all the societal problems of today. It has to be a collective effort. And and honestly, you know, consumers and individuals, employees, like they expect that out of business. Business can't continue to go forward and not have a stake in the game of whether it's our environment, our the local communities, the pick your favorite topic. People will not continue. People vote with their dollars and they're not going to vote with their dollars for things that go contrary to what they believe in. And that, that's where we are today. And that's, that's only going to continue. And honestly, people vote with their dollars. And when they like what a business is doing, businesses, you know what I mean? It, when, pe- when companies purpose before profit, it's amazing how the money will follow. And pick your favorite one, Dave's Killer Bread. Ben and Jerry's, Tom's Shoes, like all of these organizations that have built their businesses with this sense of purpose behind them. You know, we fall in love with them. We fall in love with the ideas. So that's kind of a broad piece of it. When we get down into the space where kind of I live and breathe, when I was asked to do this corporate social responsibility thing, I had been working for Televerde for 20 years at that point. And I had made my way from I always say from cell block to C-suite, right? I'd started as a sales rep. I ran sales for a while. I ran customer operations. I was chief marketing officer. So 20 years I'd been working in this business, supporting the business, growing the business. And so when I was asked to take on this role, I started to do some research. And what I found out was just stunning. I found out that in the United States desire to be number one at everything, we had managed to become number one at incarceration over the past 20 years. And we had one in two people in our country had immediate family member that was currently or formerly incarcerated. And the other things that I I found out was that the incarceration of women was up 800% since the 90s. And fundamentally, I guess I knew that, I'd been living it and working in it, but it just, I had never realized the gravity of it. And, and I found that four out of five women in prison are mothers and 66% of their kids are under the age of 18. I learned that 65% of all people, actually 82% of all people will go back to prison within eight years. 60% will go back within three years. And that the primary reasons for recidivism is low income and joblessness. But what I also knew is that I had been working at at Televerde and and that wasn't my experience. That wasn't the experience that I was seeing with the thousands of women who had worked for Televerde. And so I went out and I had Arizona State University aggregate all the data and do a 
a study of a sev- period of seven years of data to find out what the truth was. And what they found was amazing. We, we like to call it the Televerdi effect. What they found was the women of Televerdi were reporting 94% employment five full years after incarceration, which the national average is only about 54% of people with a criminal record are maintaining full-time employment after incarceration. They were earning salaries four times the national average for a formerly incarcerated woman. Wow. And I always like to put that one in perspective because the average earnings one full calendar year after incarceration is only about $14,000. So it's no wonder that people go back to their hustle, right? That misguided entrepreneurial spirit that I talked about, you get your hustle on, you can certainly make more than $14,000 a year. Absolutely. Which is why that recidivism rate. And so for the women of Televerdi, the recidivism rate was less than 6%. Wow. 5.4% had right gone back to prison in a three-year period. So what that told me was this is a model that works. And not only was it working for the women, they also found that the children of those women were 11 times more likely to graduate from high school and 11 times less likely to become justice involved themselves as adults. So that now tells you that this is a solution that breaks that cycle of generational incarceration and poverty and fixes the family, but also makes our communities better and safer places. Yes. Gosh. And how it impacts businesses that get really outstanding, long tenure engaged, like people that want to work there, like that really honor these jobs, right? And one of the biggest challenges in the world right now from the world in which I live, the work I do every day is empty or very small talent pipelines. They're like, where do we find people to, you know, great people that want to work and that want to be part of this culture? And that is like the bridge that I see. It's like, first of all, this whole, I didn't think we were going to be talking about standing boldly or tall in our stories (laughs) to kick this off. But yes, that first, right? And then number two is everyone deserves a second chance or third, whatever, right? Everyone deserves another chance, everyone. And we have an opportunity to solve a ripple effect problem by helping those that are getting this amazing training while in the waiting room of getting to the next stage in their life, right? While during while they're in incarceration to be able to bridge the gap, not that it's going to be the complete filler, but it is an amazing source to be able to do that. Can you talk a little bit about like what that solution looks like when you have an organization partner with you, both on the foundation side and the Televerdi for-profit side? Yeah, let me speak to that in a couple of ways. Because when you think about second chances in employment, that's the the number one thing is giving somebody an opportunity, right? And people always go, oh, but what about how can I depend on them or how can I trust them or all of these things? And and you know, the studies have shown that people, fair chance hiring or second chance employees are 13% more loyal like than regular employees. So 13% greater tenure. And there's all kinds of studies about how there's absolutely no difference in termination rates between somebody with a criminal record and somebody without, and that hiring managers really just want to find the best person for the job. So if you think about those things, and then you think about the person, it really makes sense because I can tell you that the only thing I told you for 18 years, I didn't share my story. So the only thing worse 
than going to prison is actually having to tell somebody that you've been there. And so when somebody gets a job and there's an opportunity there, they are going to work harder, stay longer, be more committed and more dedicated to that job, assuming that the company is treating them well and fairly. And, and they will, and I've watched so many women go from their you know kind of first position rising up in the ranks. I have dozens of women who, like myself, are on that journey to the C-suite after incarceration because they're so motivated to have a better life and realizing that they can have a better life with the skills that they've developed. So that's what the work of Televerti is all about. And, you know, then I told you we did the study and we, we got the results, which then really became kind of my mantras about the way that we could, businesses could make a difference is that, look, we have the lowest unemployment rate in the history. It keeps dropping lower and lower. I don't know what the number is today. It's, is it 3.6, 3.8%? Companies, you can't pick up, a, you can't pick up a newspaper, not that anybody picks up a newspaper anymore. You can't read the news without hearing about either the great resignation or the talent shortage or the demand for talent. Companies are desperate to find good talent that will stay in the job for any period of time. And yet we have this whole population of people who suffer from unemployment rates five times the national average. So in there lies a solution that I call the prison to workforce pipeline. And so that's where businesses can get involved and they can do so by, there's a couple avenues. One, very simply, you can outsource to a company like Televerti to develop talent, to provide people with the employment opportunities while they're incarcerated to learn the skills that they can then transition back into the community with. You can do what Televerti does and you can start your own business in a prison. However, it's really, really complicated and it's taken us 30 years to master that science, but it's definitely an option. And then you can also very simply develop, first of all, I just say inspect your employment supply chain, if you were. And what are your policies? Are you excluding people? Do you have the box on your application that says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? When you do background checks, what are you screening for? And is it actually relevant to your job? Do you have antiquated policies that nobody's actually looked at or thought about? Maybe you have the box on there. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? But you actually don't care and it's not something you do. But that person, when they see that box, they're done. They're not even going to apply for your job when they see that box. Because that sends a message that says we discriminate. And, you know, unfortunately, this is a place where it's legal to discriminate. So inspect your policies, inspect your, inspect your recruiting processes and see if there's things that you're doing to exclude this population. Because honestly, one third of the people in the United States, 70 million people in the U.S. have a criminal record. And so if you have a policy that says we don't hire people with a criminal record, you're immediately excluding one third of the employable people in the country from working for you. So if you've got a talent problem, You've got to start there. Like, who are you excluding and why? And then, of course, is my next favorite thing, which is the Televerti Foundation. And, and we haven't really talked much about the Televerti Foundation yet. So the Televerti Foundation was uh, started in March 2020 for the purpose of providing the women of Televerti with the personal and professional development programs necessary for them to 
prepare and transition back into the community successfully, but also to leverage our 25 years of experience in training and developing incarcerated people to get skills that would help them be in professional jobs when they got out of prison. And so we've done all of that. We've developed the reentry programs that provide all of the support and services and training and education that the women need to come back into the community and go into professional jobs and sit down and feel comfortable next to anyone at any company and know that they're worthy and able to do that job. And then we've developed what we call our Career Paths Workforce Development Centers, where we're setting up classrooms in prisons to go in and train and certify uh, right now the women to become customer service inside sales and computer tech professionals and pairing that with all of our reentry support services so that they can transition back into the community and have a similar experience as the women of Televerde so that they can realize that low unemployment rate the higher salaries and not ever have to go back to prison again. So that's what we're working on. And so that's the space where businesses can get involved is we do job placement. So we're looking for companies who are be willing to hire our women and we'll work very closely with you to find the best possible talent to fill your jobs, to create a little pipeline of talent for you. But also our workforce development centers provide the opportunities for companies to come along and sponsor five, 10, or even 20 women going through the program so that they can be trained up to go into jobs that are relevant for their organization. And then they can bring the ones on that they want as interns or for direct hires to create their own personal talent pipeline. And then even more broadly, for those that are really inclined, some we've got one organization right now who's signed up to sponsor the creation of one of these workforce development centers. And so working with companies to say, let me extend my commitment to corporate social responsibility by sponsoring the creation of a workforce development center that will provide hundreds of people with the opportunity to learn the skills necessary to transition back into the community. What you're doing is so powerful. And I, until this conversation today, because I've talked with you quite a few times prior to this, didn't know the journey to 2018 and sharing your story. I didn't know that it was newer for you to be sharing that. And just the, I mean, years of efforts that you've put into growing what you've done and the people that you've impacted. But I will say that I met you when you shared the story the first time that we met. And I was like, whoa, just your story, the background and the stats, and then the offerings that you guys have on really, it's truly like changing the world. And there's so many, like a triangle. It's like, there's so many different components. And then that sweet spot in the center where like, it's like changing the world. I mean, we're giving people second chances. We are creating a solution for something that has a huge deficit right now with providing people jobs and bridging the need to find these people that, that people are looking for. Leaders are looking for every day and they're like ready to pull their hair out. They're like, where do I find good talent, right? In a new way. And ultimately, just solving a major issue of that I don't think unless you're really close to it or you have someone like you that has educated us, you don't know the stats, knowing that the United States is, you know, has the largest population of incarcerated individuals. Like that's terrible. Like we need to work on that and all of us being able to work on that together and just all of these efforts that intersect. And so, man, I just am so inspired by what you do and I congratulate you on your journey and just the continued journey. And I can't wait for us to continue to partner. So I think we're going to throw out maybe a couple of suggestions for Gut Plus Science listeners 
to engage. There was something that you shared with me about the classroom, something about sponsoring a classroom or something. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So our objective is we've opened our first classroom here in Arizona and we, our second will open before the end of the year. And we're going to be opening another one in Indiana. And our goal is to open five to 10 of these workforce development centers in prisons across the country by 2025. And the way that we do that is through donations and sponsorships and people getting involved and learning more. And so that's like our big call to action is how people can come forward and help us in this journey. And so uh, individually, every dollar helps. You know, I, I never in my life thought I'd be running a nonprofit where I'd be asking for money, but that is what I do right now. So on our website, telebertyfoundation.org, we have a landing page very specific to our Career Path Center where you can make a donation. But also from a business standpoint, if you want to learn more about hiring and are interested in developing a relationship where we can do job placement for you for some of these women or from more broadly from a business standpoint, if you want to talk about how you might be able to sponsor some women going through the program and and creating your own personal prison to workforce pipeline, uh, we'd love to talk to you about it. You can certainly find me on LinkedIn, the easiest and fastest way to get to me or come to our website and there's a simple form you can fill out and we will get in touch with you before the end of the day to talk more about how we can help you solve your problems today. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been just a joyful experience for me. And I just, I thank you for sharing and look forward to many things to come. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor message today. And we'll come back for just like a two minute lightning round to learn a little bit about some of your favorite things. So we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science with Michelle Sirocco. Lovely conversation today about just the first steps around Gut Plus Science taking action around women in incarceration and how we can partner with Televerdi. I challenge all of you to go to the Televerdi Foundation website and get your box of Kleenex for when you watch the video on the website. It is so powerful and it will give you chills and inspiration to figure out how you can partner and lock arms with us to make change. So now we're into our lightning round. We're so excited to learn a little bit more of these things. So Michelle, pick a favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read to share with us. Oh, goodness. Uh, Right this minute, I am actually reading Change or Die, and it is absolutely fascinating. It fundamentally says that even in the face of death, less than 2% of people will actually make the changes necessary to, to change to save their lives. Trajectory. Yeah. And so it's fascinating in the elements that it takes to create change and obsessed with trying to recreate and provide those elements to other people so that they can have the same level of change that I've experienced in my life. That's so good. We just had someone on Gut Plus Science that was talking about the power of disruption and embracing the disruption in your life because the disruption story or experience, the thing that gets you out of your box, right, is the thing that helps you make the greatest impact. So it's like, it's probably in alignment with that book in some way. It was a really good episode. How about your favorite hobby when you're not working? Favorite hobby when I'm not working is probably vacation, which is kind of a cop-out answer. 
because vacation means that I get to go embrace all of my favorite hobbies. And so depending on what time of the year it is or where we are, that's why I love vacation. So it's, it's golfing, it's scuba diving, it's snow skiing, it's walking on the beach. It's anything that I can do in the outdoors. Okay. And where's your favorite vacation spot? Always the next one that I'm going to. <laughs> oh, what's on the list? Where are you going? My next one right now is we're going to Belize to stay in an overwater bungalow and also in a treehouse where we will do all of the things that I just said. Oh my gosh, that sounds lovely. I want to hear about it afterwards. All right. Well, Michelle, we had such a great time with you today. And listeners, I think Michelle had shared that the best way to connect with her one-on-one is through LinkedIn. So look her up on LinkedIn. We'll link that into the show notes as well. So thank you. And we'll see you next time. I told you this was a deep story and a really big cause, and I was not kidding. And we are really looking forward to many opportunities to partner continually with Michelle and her work around the Televerdi Foundation and all the great workers through Televerdi. Just incredible. Here's my truth you can act on. Number one, put profit before purpose and watch the success or the money follow. Number two, inspect your recruiting policies to gain awareness of who you might be excluding. And number three, consider opportunities to help move people forward from incarceration to meaningful work, leveraging Televerdi and the foundation and all that they have to offer. You know, we have these workplaces that need great people. And this is a new way that hopefully many of you have experienced or gained awareness of ways that you can be bringing people into impact change in our world. So I challenge you to stay in touch with what the Televerdi organization is doing to move people forward and give people second chances. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.